Pickaxe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, and welcome back to The Review of Death, your fortnightly home for Doctor Who news and reviews. I am Matthew Toffolo, sat in my room in Bristol, and joining me, sat in New Zealand, is Billy Garrett Johns. Hello. Hello, everybody. How are we doing? Good. Good. I've got a little light on this webcam and I was staring directly into it and I'm now I'm just seeing stars. I've got the Peter Howell title sequence, Sid Sutton Titans title sequence better. in my eyes. Just ugh. That sounds um, good. Have you ever done that thing where you press your palms into your eyeballs and then you can see the Hartnell title sequence? Yeah. Yeah. Good fun. Good fun. Yeah, good um, fun. <laughs> so this is this is uh an unscheduled little prologue to today's main feature, which is The Doctor's Wife. Uh, as a lot of you know who watch the podcast or listen to the podcast frequently, you'll know that we recorded a lot of this stuff before Billy went away to New Zealand. So we've got The Doctor's Wife coming up and then we've got uh, Underrated Doctor Who episodes, the sequel to our yeah. Overrated episode that we did the uh, few weeks back. Uh, but because there's been so much... Doctor Who news lately. It was it was going swimmingly because there was no Doctor Who news at all for the last few weeks. Um, but now there's a massive flood of Doctor Who news. In fact, Doctor Who news broke an hour ago today. I know we timed that well, didn't we? So Murray Mintz Gold is back. Yeah. Uh, to to lend his uh, his um, his um, bombastic style to the show mm. again. Yeah. Um, I'd tug at your heartstrings. Tug at your heartstrings and 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 inform you. You must be sad. You must cry now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, there was a bit of confusion, I think, as to whether or not he was just doing the 60th or if this is a long-term thing. But in yeah. the video that they announced that he said, we're doing Doctor Who 2023 and then referred to it as RTD2. So I, right. I guess that means the foreseeable. I think Russell yeah. put something on Instagram that said he's doing Doctor Who's next season. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I assume that's what's going on. I think TV Zone or maybe the press release confirmed that it was the 60th and then on to Shooty Gatwa's festive special and then the following right. season. Uh, I mean, we talked about this before, you and I, because it, it came up a lot, didn't it? You know, who's going to do the music? Um, and I think we kind of assumed it would be Murray Gold just because Russell has had a continuous working relationship with Murray on all of his projects, I think, since yeah. Doctor Who. Um, and I think you and I kind of said, well, 
for the 60th, that makes sense. You know, the 10th Doctor is kind of coming back. Donna's coming back. All those characters, you want that nostalgia. You want that continuity of the music. Um, but I cannot help but feel maybe just a little bit disappointed that they didn't go with someone new and something fresh and different. I'm with you. I, I I was racking my brain to try and find a word to describe it because I feel like disappointed maybe seems a bit loaded. Yeah. I, I understand because, because, but then I was like, I can't really think of anything else. I think I'm just a bit bummed out that they didn't do something different because yeah. I, and I'm sure Murray sound will change and will evolve because, you know, it's not like he's going to be able to reuse all the same cues that he did yeah. for the 12 years he was on the show. Um, repeat for six hours <laughs> but i sort of feel like it would have been nice maybe to, to you know have him back for the 60th um yeah. because it seems getting back together that's kind of the thrust of the 60th even with like yeah. donna coming back and you know tenant um but I, I would have liked somebody new for season 14, series 14. Yeah. That that would have been ideal. I don't know who, um, mm. but, you know, Doctor Who's music always changes. It always evolves. Yeah. And it kind of feels a bit weird, unless you're Dudley Simpson or Murray Gold. But it yeah. sort of feels weird to sort of be sliding back, you know, artistically in that sense. Like, it, yeah. it, it should be changing. And it, it would have been an opportunity with Disney to do something very different. Yeah. But... I mean um, I, I guess mean, they know it works, so I guess so. And I mean it would it it you mentioned Dudley Simpson there, and it does feel a bit like imagine if during the McCoy era they were like, right, we're gonna get Dudley Simpson back to the score. Sure. Um but I'm sure I'm sure it will be fine. I mean, it now makes a I mean this is obviously something that's probably been in the work since day dot when they were doing this. Yeah. Uh because, you know, we kept saying all of the promotional stuff since the power of the doctor where everything swapped to the diamond logo RT, uh, i keep wanting to say r2d2 rtd2 <laughs> yeah r2d2 uh, since r2d2 took over uh you know all the publicity stuff the music has all been murray's doctor who theme and we kind of said oh is that because maybe murray's doing the music and perhaps they want his flavor i mean you know already stamped on it um, I mean, we had the Blue Peter stuff last week. Uh, we had a blue, there was Doctor Who on Blue Peter last Friday. Yeah. Um, and that was introduced with the Murray Gold theme. Uh, and I thought at the time, I was like, oh, still using the Murray theme. Uh, and now we know why. So, but I'm excited to hear what he comes up with. I mean, I am assuming it's going to be kind of similar to what he did with Russell before, if they're going with the Series 4 theme on all the other stuff. I don't know if we can take that as too much of an indication. And also, you know, I, I think he will do something different. I don't think he can come, you know, he, he wouldn't do that as a musical artist, I think is basically. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it'll all change. The same, yeah. All the same tunes again. I think maybe where our, our sort of thing about Murray sounding pretty much the same for his whole tenure, maybe just be, it might just be down to the fact that for his last year, they were just ripping tracks off the soundtrack album yeah. and using them in the show, either yeah. because there wasn't the time or the money to pay him to compose whole new suites of music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
uh, his version of the theme tune from 2008 is kind of the uh, well i mean the one from 2006 i think of as the the, the ultimate murray yeah theme. me too but it is yeah. the one that was the most popular and so on so you know we maybe we can't take that as too mm. much of an indication of what it's going to sound like but yeah i mean it, it, he is um saying a safe pair of hands maybe dampens his you know his genius to a degree but i i think yeah it, it's it's going to be it's going to be familiar familiar yeah. territory which yeah. i think is the thing that disappoints me slightly yeah jonathan was a bit annoyed because he was like no dudley simpson must be the longest serving doctor who composer um so yeah he might be in for a bit of disappointment depending on how long he sticks around for true true um well okay so that was the thing that dropped today but we've got a whole slew of news to keep charging through and there's yeah. a lot of stuff so we're just going to blast through this. So Doctor Who's gone to Funky Town and the 15th yeah. Doctor has a brand new costume, which looks and amazing. <laughs> um, and brand new hair. Um, it was it was interesting. The first thing I was drawn to was that silver tie and the pinstripes on the suit. Do we think it's a bit of a sort of yeah. tenanty, you know, 10 and 14 mix? It, it feels a bit like that, doesn't it? Because I noticed the tie... Uh, I mean, I just like that the suit is TARDIS blue or various shades yeah. of TARDIS blue. Um, but he looks so cool. He looks so oh, cool. amazing. Um, and she looked amazing as well. And it looks like it's going to be a fun episode set in the 60s. I love it, it when the Doctor does. and the companion dress up to fit in with their surroundings. And obviously, you know, we haven't even really seen anything of Shooty Gatwa's Doctor yet other than a few, um, a few behind the scenes pictures, candid pictures. But already we know that he obviously is a bit of a fashionista because he's always wearing something different. Um, he obviously yeah, likes so his clothes I, more than any other doctor. Excluding his post-regenerative, we assume, post-regenerative outfit with the open shirt and the tie. Yeah. Is this three different costumes that we've seen him in now? Four. Because there was the filming, Four. there was some filming um, somewhere in Wales... And he had the beanie on and he had like the little He has a beanie. Of course he has a beanie. Fabulous. Yeah. How does he get the where does the hair come from? That's what I want to know. Does he sonic his hair? I don't know, maybe Has Doctor Who solved the cure for boldness? But uh, (laughs) we can only hope. just let me just pat this down a bit. We can only (laughs) hope. Um so that was filming in Newport. Do we yeah. think it's maybe the same 60s set episode as the Sucky Sucky Monster comes from? <laughs> the Sucky Sucky Monster. Because uh, we know we know that, that that the kind of the shots we've seen of it, there are people in 60s kind of garb with like 60s were they? I can't remember. Kind of dress on. Yeah, I no, wonder if okay. that might be, oh, it might be the then. same. It might be um, S- Sucky Slug. Um, slug. We we certainly know though that Jinx Monsoon is appearing in these sixties set yes, episodes. Yeah. Um, and Jinx Monsoon's costume was revealed as well as RTD saying they are the Doctor's most powerful enemy yet. Yeah. Um, and I think basically now all but confirmed that we're going to get a musical episode, or at least there's going to be music in it. Yeah, I mean, whether it's going to be a... Because f- I said the same thing on Twitter. Whether it's going to be a full musical episode or whether she is going to be a musical character, which I think is mm. a given. You wouldn't cast Jinx Monsoon and not have them sing something. Um, right. And obviously the keyboard, the piano keys on the lapels of the costume, bit of a dead giveaway. Um, so I hope we get some sort of musical motif 
going on there because that would be good fun. And I've been saying for Yonks that Doctor Who needs to do a musical episode um, because I think it's probably the one genre that Doctor Who hasn't touched upon yet. Um, mm, pretty much, yeah. I, I wonder as well if this coincides with Murray being announced because yeah. you'd imagine, you know, because he he wrote, you know, such scintillating tunes as You Put the Devil in Me, you absolute <laughs> yeah. filthy animal. Um, so maybe, you know, he'll be in it as a conductor. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, he almost certainly would have written an original song for yeah. it. So maybe this is all sort of tying up into... Perhaps, yeah. Maybe there's, yeah, maybe there's a big number that they're going to be filming on location or something and there's going to be a bit of choreography I, I think, and stuff. I mean, you know, Doctor Who set reports are generally not uh, the most accurate things in the world, uh, given that, you know, it's always the Rani or Omega coming back every week. Mm. But I do wonder... Uh, if uh, somebody's report that they could hear Jinx Monsoon singing inside the venue they were shooting in in yeah. Newport is legit, because yeah. that would that would, would break through, no. Yeah, it would make sense. And and Doctor Who's going to be filming in Bristol again uh, because that is it? that yeah that street where they were filming the Christmas special stuff with the TARDIS ah. up in Clifton. Apparently, that's all been dressed up again for Christmas. So I guess they're doing some reshoots or um, maybe going back to film some other bits. Uh, Talking of reshoots and or new bits being filmed, it looks like David Tennant has donned the spiky hair and uh, yeah. sideburns again. And it might be something to do with the Fortnite leak that we talked about on the Patreon uh, Q&A or catch up thing. Um, yeah. That, yeah, that they're, they're shooting like a special trailer for Fortnite to announce that they've got Doctor Who skins in it. Yeah. Um, and the script that leaked, supposedly leaked, refers to we assume David Tennant's new Doctor as the Edge Doctor, which of course would be a reference to the Guardians of the Edge from Power of the Doctor. Ah, I see. So <clears throat> I wonder if the 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 14th Doctor moniker is actually going to be replaced some point soon, which sounds fine to me. Yeah. Oh God, it's, it it gets too confusing. There's too many too many names, too many offshoot Doctor Who's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think Georgia Tennant posted a picture of her husband on his birthday with a slice of birthday cake in costume as Doctor Who, as the 14th Doctor, and posted ah. something saying like, oh, he always dresses like that for his birthday. <laughs> Obviously I knowing that she's going to get a, a slew of questions saying, when was this taken? Hey, look, look, we know, we know that Russell is, you know, and was, and a, a number of people who I'm sure are back working in the bones of the show, um, if it's not them, then they've learned from these people, are masters of promotion. And they know, I'm sure, I mean, maybe they haven't quite tagged on to things like Fortnite leakers being their own separate entity that are actually yeah. literally going to hack into <clears throat> shit and yeah. pull code out of the game that hasn't mm. been released yet and leak it. But they all know, like, I, I'm sure David would have probably said, uh, maybe uh, no, if he thought that, that was going to compromise something. Yeah when they took that photo, even if it was from his birthday. God, who knows? There's so much spin involved in RTD yeah. <laughs> and one. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it seems to me that we're going to get some kind of specially shot trailer, as the leak suggests. Well, that'd, be, that'd, that'd be really cool. Um, just going back to what you said about Jinx Monsoon and what Russell said about, oh, the Doctor's most powerful enemy. Um, and I know a lot of people were taking this quite literally, and they were sort of saying, oh, my God, that's very similar to what was said about Neil Patrick Harris, and, yeah. oh, my God, are they the same character? Are they a Time Lord? Is it different regenerations, etc.? 
I mean, I think all of those points are valid, but at the same time, I think just from a publicity machine that Russell is, and he's such a clever man, you know, you're not going to introduce a baddie into Doctor Who and say, this week we've got this character coming back who is playing the Doctor's semi-powerful enemy, not quite <laughs> as good as the Master, but slightly... Yeah, this, a... <laughs> this, week's one, this week's one gets dispatched a bit more easily than the one from last week, yeah. but they're still pretty powerful. <laughs> On the scale of Omega to Sutek, uh, he's somewhere in the yeah. middle. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. And and also, yeah, I, I saw people saying, well, you know, interesting, like side-by-side -side photos of Neil Patrick Harris and, and Jinx Monsoon. They're both wearing black and white. They both got referred to in the same way. And it's like, but we know that Jinx Monsoon is shooting for series 14. And we know yeah. that they're probably not going to appear in the 60th. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's just funny. It's funny um, uh, how reactionary Doctor Who fans are, like yeah. we aren't. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just it's funny how that sort of stuff just happens, and it's like, no, 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 chill out, guys. It's cool. You know that the, these are mutually exclusive events. We don't have to yeah. be tying everything together. Yeah. Um, terrible. Fast forward to the future when we then see that they actually are playing the same person. <laughs> I'm doing talking bollocks. Is, uh, is is the Valiard? Yeah. Um, terrible <laughs> things will happen. <laughs> Terrible things will happen to Donna, according to RTD on Insta. Oh no, I wonder what that will be. Maybe her head will literally explode in the 60th anniversary. <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, we've also got some casting news and some director news. Um, so uh, I, I've been practicing this and I'm going to hopefully smash it first time. Majid Medizada Valujerdi. He's right. going to be in series 14, appearing in episode three. Maybe that's what they're filming now. Maybe that's why that cast. Oh, perhaps that's why that was announced. Yeah. Um, but it is directed by Julie Ann Robinson, uh, who I think has got previous chops directing. I'm sure they do anyway. But interestingly, was previously the exec on Bridgerton, Orange is huh. the New Black, Parks and Rec, and The Good Place. So wow. they obviously have quite a stylistic, yeah. you know, kind of thing that they do i mean bridgerton is just the, one of the most luscious looking mm. tv shows ever um, yeah. but it's also sort of dreamy and you know parks and rec has sort of flights of fancy sometimes so yeah and, and the good place and a good place is, as well yeah fantastical so i mean that might suit a musical kind yeah of bent if you had a director involved like that yeah. um but they're also directing, uh, joining fellow Series 14 directors, Mark Chisel, Dylan Holmes-Williams, and Mark Tonderai, who is coming yeah. back, yeah, having yeah. already directed <clears throat> The Ghost Monument and Rosa for Doctor Who. So that's yeah. kind of cool. That's kind of interesting. Um, also on a behind-the-scenes front, uh, I've noticed, and I'm sure other people have as well, but it's difficult when you think, oh, I'm going to tweet this. And you think, okay, but I might somebody might have tweeted this 900 times while I was sleeping. <laughs> you know, because that's kind of where most of the Doctor Who rumours and stuff emanates from is yeah. the UK and it's overnight. But um, the official Doctor Who YouTube channel has been uploading a lot of confidential clips mm. over the past like week or so from yeah. series four. And I know that they are doing this kind of like, it's a season of behind the scenes photos on Instagram and Twitter and blah, blah, blah. But I wonder if they are softening us up for... Uh, a return of Doctor Who Confidential or this Doctor Who Unleashed thing that was kind of yeah. a while ago. Uh, and that clip of Murray... I was just going to say... Came out, yeah. uh, you know, the cameras are following Russell, which yeah. 
was something that people spotted basically from the first day of shooting, public shooting on the 60th, is he was being followed by a camera crew and, and yep. apparently Louis Theroux, although that was never confirmed and I think was probably bollocks. Um, <laughs> but um, that seems to me, that clip seems to be right out of Confidential's playbook to shoot something yeah. like that. Oh, very so, much so. And I think David I, I, Tennant yeah. might have spilled the beans at a convention a couple of weekends ago. I think he said I something about the right. behind the scenes show. So, yeah. So I, I, think... I would not be surprised if we if we if we hear something soon, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot. I, it's funny now thinking back to that filming that was happening last summer because mm. it seems so far away now and we still haven't seen any of that stuff. But how crazy and exciting was it to see all the old players coming back? I know filming stuff. Oh, bonkers! Real, really and weird. And such public filming as well. Like yeah. they could afford to go to London. This is unheard yeah. of. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. That was the first indicator. Like, oh, this has got some Wonga behind it. <laughs> this show. Um, there is a Blue Peter competition, Matt. Yeah. Are you going to apply? Uh, no. For I am uh, 16 years too old to apply <laughs> for such competitions. Um, but my nephews can. So yeah. I'm going to do and my they best. might have a bit of uh, influence from the two tops in the household to, yeah. you know, just so, make sure you get it right. Otherwise, you're not getting fed this evening. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. So they, they better come up with something good. My brother said, <laughs> why don't we submit a piece of artwork drawn by myself and then just put their name on it? Do you know what my uh, my uncle did that once when he was at uni to get a Blue Peter badge, <laughs> and I I thought that's a gobshite thing to do. I'm not. I'm. I would never do anything like that. So instead, I bought a Blue Peter badge uh, off of eBay instead. Oh, yeah. So at least I didn't take it off a child. I'm very interested to see what the um, commemorative 60th Blue Peter crossover yeah. looks like because apparently yeah. they've got about 500 of those to give away. Yeah. So that will be something that will probably appear on ebay again within mm. a couple of hours of them turning up that might be a cool collectible item if people can get their hands on it very much so uh, and they also said in the same um in the same press release something about the announcement will be joined alongside a big cbbc bbc iplayer takeover of doctor who takeover of uh cbbc oh. and iplayer yeah so who knows? I mean, perhaps all this stuff about Russell trying to get old Doctor Who onto iPlayer might be something. I mean, Maybe. I I think that's been in the works for a while. I think even before Christmas, we were talking about that yeah. being a thing because yeah. we saw on the. I mean, I know it's just a. It's probably just a operational thing, but on um, BritBox. Doctor Who was supposed to disappear basically on New Year's Day or, or, yeah. or like on Christmas Day and didn't, obviously. But I think that, yeah, that that's almost certainly going to expire soon. And I think that Russell would probably want things on iPlayer. Um, maybe we'll hear that there's going to be a CBBC spinoff because I'm oh, sure yeah. that Russell will cater to that. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the adult show, you have the kids show and Doctor Who kind of sits in the middle. I wonder if maybe unit will actually be the cbbc show and, oh maybe you know we'll have a, a, a you know grungier sexier thing for the adults but yeah um yeah we'll be interesting to see what happens did you watch the show last week where they made tardises out of juice cartons uh i watched a little bit of it yes it was very it sweet was, it was very sweet it was the, my big takeaway from it was 
the Murray Gold music and how lovely the diamond logo looked around the trim yeah. of that table. I was like, oh, nice. I know. It is a stunner. They know what yeah. they were doing, bringing that back. Yeah. Um, the first part of the multi-platform spanning adventure Doomsday has been revealed, Matthew. Titan Comics are bringing back our favourite incarnation of the Master. Oh, yeah. Um, is it... Uh... That- that guy wanna, from the, a, a guy from the film. Um, oh, what's it, oh, what's it, Gordon Tipple. <laughs> do, do, do you want to a, a little hint? Go on then. She's got norks. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, never mind. I found the... it. Inter- I, I found it interesting that it's Missy and not Sasha Dewan. Interesting, like they've sort of let's forget about him for now and go back to something else. I, I mean, I, I yeah, bet- I mean. That's a bit of a pisser, isn't it? It does sort of feel like they have got their, these are our, our, I don't know, our archetypes going forward. Like the missing master is sort of ubiquitous, ubiquitous, like the tenant doctor is ubiquitous as well. You know, like that will always be the the master that we think of now going forward or we show going forward. I don't know. It's weird, but I mean, maybe maybe there's a narrative reason for it. Perhaps when we, if well, I mean, I say when we read it, neither of us are going to read this stuff. I, I absolutely no chance. I mean, if they, if Universal have decided they're not going to make any collection sets out here in New Zealand anymore, then I'm, you know, I'm sure that the Titan comics, are, well, they'll probably be easy to pick up, but that doesn't mean that I will. I will, no. I will specifically avoid them in that case. Yeah. Although, massive shout out to mum and dad who messaged me the other day and said, "Is there a collection set out at the moment?" And I was like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I can't get it because they're not printing them anymore. They're not making them on this side of the world anymore. And then I got a photo uh, of something collection shaped that had arrived at the house. So they are ah. continuing to buy up the collection sets, oh, which is lovely. Them. So I have I have given them permission to crack them open and go through them and enjoy oh, them. Because nice. it will probably be a while before I get, to, <laughs> I oh. get my hands on them. My, them. my grabby little protuberances on them. It's been really uh, good. I, really I've nice. only looked at Curse of Peladon, but holy shit, Curse of Peladon looks amazing. Oh, it is the best it has I've ever heard. looked. So yeah, you'll, mm. you'll enjoy that when you get to see it in, in HD. My fave actually looking watchable. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, the BFI are screening a 16 millimeter black and white print of Spearhead from Space Map on the 11th yeah. of June. Have you got your ticket yet? No, because I didn't know until I saw your document this morning. Where was this announced? I, I, I don't know. I saw it on Twitter and I think it was somebody like taking a photo of a screen inside the BFI and it's like 16 oh. millimeter Spearhead from Space. Now, it, it apparently has nothing to do with the collection. Because even though the screening is happening at the South Bank, it's actually in a smaller screening room to the main one that they usually use for the collection screenings. But what a cool little thing. Yeah. Like, you know, if you get the opportunity, folks, go down and and enjoy it because I'm sure Uh, it will look amazing. That's really interesting, isn't it? I wonder if the collection set, when they eventually do season seven, I wonder if that will have both the colour and the black and white versions. (laughs) To be maybe maybe what they should do now is you know like you can flick through like different versions of subtitles and da 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 da. Maybe they should do right with the press of the button you can watch it in black and white. Yeah. Uh, With the press of a button you can watch the old DVD restoration. Yeah. Press of a button you can watch the old shit nineties version that they used to give to UK Gold. Yeah. I mean, I'd love it. That'd be great. I still think I I know it annoys me really that they've never done 
they, I think they should for each set, they should have a proper side-by-side comparison for every mm. story. Just a few clips just to say, right, this is how it looked, is the original master tape. Yeah. And here it is over the years, and this is it now. I think the reason why they don't do that is because I think sometimes, especially with 80s mm. stories, the mm. quality between DVD and Blu-ray is marginal at best, you know. Yeah. So perhaps they're a bit like, oh shit, we don't want people to look at it and go, oh well. I think that's I think that's right because you know, like when the Silurians came out on DVD, yeah. because that had only really been released previously in in black and white, I think, uh, on VHS. I can't Was that? Uh, no, anyway. I think they might have but been they, colorized. They had degree. they had the black and white one, and then they obviously had the off air color recording from yeah. the states, and like they had the features about how that stuff was brought together. That's really interesting. I, I think maybe for season seven, it would be worth seeing yeah. how they you know how they deal with with uh, Spearhead because it is yeah. obviously totally shot on film. Um, but you're right, you know, I think you're right. It's 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 like there's no point doing a side by side because it might sort of reveal how close they are anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. but we knew that going into it, didn't we, really? Because, yeah. you know, it is just, it's TV, isn't it? It's not uh, It's not film, HD film, you know. We- but think about how much AI-like stuff has come on since the collection yeah. set started. You could theoretically do a 4K upscaled uh, AI-enhanced, oh you God. know, collection set now. You know, you could. I, I was listening the other day to... um somebody had taken a Paul McCartney song mm. and they had stripped the vocal and had processed it through AI and they made a 2012 Paul McCartney song sang like he sang it in 1967. So, wow. you know, if you can, and, and, you know, they couldn't even fix Paul McCartney's voice on Glastonbury when he did it last year. So if you can do that sort of shit now, then, you know, who knows? You know, the I sky's the limit. We'll see I what happens. can't buy any more copies of Revenge of the Cybermen. <laughs> I have you will, too many. You will. Once they can AI change the fact that Christopher Robbie's got his hands on his hips for the whole episode as the cyber leader, you'll want yeah. the version without the, the the hands on hips. Oh no, that's part of the magic. It is. It is. That's that's magic that Disney can't bottle and sell to us. Yeah. So you know, God that's bless. That's all I want to see in Disney Cybermen: hands on hips. Lots of hands on hips and lots of talking like that. That would be <laughs> perfect. Um, and that is kind of everything that has happened unless you can think of anything matt um i kind of can and i think i'm safe in saying this so mm. we talked about this on the patron that there was a leak regarding the b&m sets um yes. so i say a leak it came directly from b&m's own catalog thing some guy who works there put it out on facebook um as has happened for the last few years and mm. um I think it was, I can't remember the, the sets now. There's a Deadly Assassin set. There's a Five Doctors two-pack. And there's uh, Ultimate Adventure, Sixth Doctor and TARDIS. And then Mad. some his, History of the Dalek sets. That I can't remember. A new series one. There's a new series Dalek set, yeah. Uh, new series one. And I then think there's a Remembrance one, is there? Remembrance and Revelation. Okay. I don't know if there's a Resurrection one. I think it's Revelation and Remembrance. Uh, but since we spoke about this last time, uh, Someone has been in contact with BNM, and someone at BNM um, has confirmed that these are the only six sets being released by BNM this year. So, wow. unlike previous years where we've had our few sets in the summer and then later in the winter, unfortunately, that's not the case this time. Now, I have no mm. idea why. 
I can only assume, um, if I was a betting man, and please don't take this as red because I don't actually know. Uh, I can only assume that maybe if they're if they want to push merchandise for the new series, which I'm sure there will be merchandise from the new series, perhaps they didn't want classic stuff or older stuff at B&M because that would be the same sort of time. They would usually come out around October, November. Mm. So maybe they didn't want that muddying the waters. I don't know. I could be talking completely out of my ass. That was just I, my speculation. My initial, when you first said that, was thinking, well, they've got the online exclusives. We know they do the online exclusives now. Yeah. So that is like a whole other thing of like, well, when would they get announced? You know, there's no way of actually knowing unless you have somebody on the inside, a character. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, not to say anything bad about BNM or, or be an arsehole about BNM or whatever, but I would imagine that Russell probably wants stuff back in Tesco's Sainsbury's. Exactly. Asda. And yeah. if all this stuff is now, like we saw with the uh, regeneration set with the 14th Doctor and the 13th Doctor in the, um, you know, Power of the Doctor garb, I would guess that it's all going to carry the new logo anyway. Yeah. So probably best to get all that stuff out of B&M once yeah. the machine kicks off in November. Yeah. So maybe that means this is the last load of stuff coming yeah, out from B&M. I- I don't know. I mean, there was no indication from the response that this B&M guy gave that it was going to be the last sets. Um, but perhaps if it isn't the last sets, maybe I'm just looking at the dollars over here now. Um, maybe it's just going to be, well, anything post 2023 mm. will be in major shops or character online's exclusive stuff. Uh, and then any classic stuff or older Russell T Davies stuff or Moffat and Chibnall stuff that will all be B&M only. And again, with that mm. same sort of limited budget and, you know, head swaps right. here and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's interesting to see what will happen, but um, hopefully there'll be some more Doctor Who dollies to come. Speaking of the patron, we have been still producing stuff over there uh, all the while. Uh, I've been here in New Zealand, so there is like a new Q&A. There's like a whole thing on there where we catch up with each other and go over news that hasn't been covered here. Mm-hmm. So that's to do with B&M and other Doctor Who related bits and bobs. Um, and we're still going to keep going with the Patreon stuff. I mean, next week, we are hoping to get our first ever audio drama review out mm. and done. I've already started writing the notes for it and I've unco- uncovered some interesting stuff to say Ooh, the have least. Have you listened to it yet? Um no, I'm going to save that for We've got a big drive, which is going to basically be, even though we are splitting it, so we're going to have a rest in the middle, which we didn't do last time. Uh, last time we did a 19-hour drive from what? the South Island all the way up to Auckland. Yeah. Fucking so hell. we're not going to do that this time. Uh, we're going to stop off, but I can use that time to listen to Doctor Who and the Pescatons, which I assume is how you pronounce it. I haven't listened to it before. Uh, uh, I believe it's only 45 be... minutes long, the whole thing. <laughs> Okay, I will just put it on repeat then, and then I will reiterate the whole thing to you exclusively on Patreon. I'll play all the characters. I'll play Zog, or whatever his name is, and the Doctor, and Sarah Jane. But I've got, I've got be... the novelization down here somewhere. Or you need to play through that in a week, or give it to Annie, <laughs> and then Annie can give you the cliff notes, because Annie yeah. will blast through that. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, there we are. That's a, that's a homework. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, Annie, we've set you some homework there. Um or you could give it to Johnny and Johnny's kids could read a page each and they could each write <laughs> 500 words and that and we could just read that out. Um, oh God. So we have got that coming out 
next week and then once we hit 200 patrons which we are like you know almost in single digits mm. before we hit 200 patrons which is nuts um we are going to record and release our commentary and review of shakedown return of the sontarans and beyond yeah. all of that you hear about what's going on with the podcast our upcoming guest interviewee which will be hopefully recorded in the next month which yeah. is really exciting uh somebody we've spoken about talking to for, for a long time um and you can hear about the the new refresh with the review of death there's a brand new theme tune you can access that on the review of death discord and um i'll be speaking to our animator tomorrow morning my time uh tomorrow evening your time oh my god uh, <laughs> and i'll be uh, honestly you, ha- you have to be a doctor who fan to understand the kind know, of time it, implications it, of what's going on it's perfect isn't it really that we've got into this situation <laughs> it pays off being a doctor who fan to understand time displacement um <laughs> and the headaches that that comes with but yeah so um we're going to be uh yeah uh, leaking some of our own <laughs> doctor <laughs> who battle sequence fun uh over on the uh review of death patreon uh next up you're going to be seeing the review of uh, The Doctor's Wife. That's coming yep. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, then the week after that, or two weeks after that, as Matt said, we've got the uh, underrated episodes. And then after that, two weeks after that, Jonathan yeah. Toflo makes his almighty return <laughs> to the Review of Death podcast, to the sofa of reasonable comfort. Maybe the last time we see the sofa for a little while. Yeah, we don't know be- yet. You know, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, but... It was put out, there was a big, big poll on the Review of Death Patreon that got whittled down to four choices from 13. So you nearly had to review uh, the Romans. So I've, you know, you've dodged that bullet at least. Thank God. <laughs> um, and we have whittled, oh no, four to Doomsday. That was the kicker. That was the one where oh I was my like, oh my God, that's really cruel. No. That's really cruel. Uh, but we whittled that down to four and then a public vote has decided on Twitter that you and Matthew, <laughs> uh, you and Jonathan, uh, time displacement are yeah. going to be reviewing the tv movie which is right. kind of massive so yeah. that's coming up for episode 52 you're going to get a whole spiel about how much johnny hates sylv's costume uh, uh, i mean I'm i was sure gonna say wonder why that was picked <laughs> i wonder i wonder but it's also going to be cool hearing because you know like you guys that was like that's your first new doctor who yeah isn't it you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah and johnny being a fan previously it's going to be really interesting to be like how did you find out about it coming back yeah when did you first watch it what did you think of it at the time how has it changed lots to dig into yeah. um so that will be lots and lots of fun brilliant well in that case thank you billy for waking up so early and, thank you uh, matthew for waking me up so early <laughs> and uh yeah for the rest of you listening at home uh, enjoy our review of The Doctor's Wife now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to the review of Death, a Doctor Who podcast, your fortnightly home for Doctor Who news and reviews. That's Billy Garrett John. It is. I'm Matthew Toffolo. It is. We're talking about the Doctor's wife. Mm. That story from 2012? Oh, 11? Yeah, there we go. You got there. Uh, <laughs> series six. Yeah. Ah, that infamous on this podcast. Pantheon of shite. Yeah, for that very reason. Um, we've only done closing time. Yeah. Which I forgot was even in series six because it's part of the second part of series six. Oh yeah, this was a split one. When he gets his green, awful green coat, great coat, and his Stetson. stupid hat. Yeah. Well, I this mean, is... about sums it up, doesn't it? You put the Doctor in a shit costume that doesn't work, mm. and it just sets the tone in a story called "Let's Kill Hitler," which is wank. Yeah. And then it ends with a story that's also part of wank. Wow, we haven't, we're only a couple of minutes in. And <laughs> I'm already shitting on this series. But we're not talking about those stories. Episode 62, <laughs> Let's Kill. Oh, no. Hitler. Please. Why every, you, time, every time you do, you do it, do this every time you do it, I'm adding another one. <laughs> I need one. to start doing stuff like, oh, Genesis of the Daleks. Genesis of the Daleks. Drives me with oh, bollocks. But I know you're lying. I know you're lying. Come on. Uh, the Doctor's Wife, written by Neil Gaiman. Wow. Ooh. Mm, um, I remember thinking that at the time. Directed by Richard Clark, who, if I spool down to the bottom of my notes, yeah. uh, had previously directed Gridlock. Cool, yeah. The Lazarus Experiment. And yeah. And then go on to helm Night Terrors later right. in series six. Yeah, that's another one that I can't really... No? It doesn't really... Oh, God! Episode 63. No. Um, okay. Oh, we should do it because it, it was shot around the corner. It was, yeah. Yeah. And at... Oh, I forget the name of the... I should tell you the story when we actually do it, but I'll reiterate it because it's going to be at least another dozen episodes until <laughs> yeah. we talk about it. But I went to whichever stately home they shot the interior of the doll's house in. I forget the name of it, but it's, it's like in the West Country somewhere. It's um, not the same one where they did Thin Ice. Uh, no, that's King's Weston. King's Weston, yeah. Um, and I was filming an episode of the Doctor Who fan film series that I did with my cousins. Right. And I was wearing a t-shirt that I got from H&M. Can you believe that they did this back then? Right. It's a black t-shirt and in sort of glittery silver, it was the neon logo. Wow, And I was cool. filming this thing and once it was done, we left and then this old woman ran up to me and said... Um, the location people from Doctor Who are here and they just want, wanted me to tell you that they love your t-shirt. So they were scouting for wow. Night Terrors on the <laughs> day that we were there. I think you're going to say the location people from Doctor Who are here and they're going to fucking sue your ass Stop. for using their location. Stop <laughs> fucking following us. <laughs> um, seven Here's point... a one. <laughs> Small boy. 7.97 million viewers. Wow. Uh, and it won the 2011 Ray Bradbury Award for Outstanding Dramatic Presentation. 
Fuck off. <laughs> and the, the 2012 Hugo Award for Dramatic Presentation Short Form. Maybe because it had Neil Gaiman's name on it. God, bloody hell. Piss poor year for literature, if that's the case. UK number one. Piss poor year for fucking songs <laughs> yeah. and music. Uh, films as well. Uh, <laughs> Don't know. Lazy Song by Bruno Mars. Uh? <laughs> <laughs> Today I don't feel like oh, doing that anything. <laughs> I can't get this back <laughs> in the <laughs> hole. Um, UK box office. Four was number one at the time that this episode went out. Right, okay. Uh, as, the, as the comic book person yeah. in the group, what do we think of Thor? I quite like Thor. The original one? I like the first one, yeah. What about the one with Christopher Eccleston in it? Shit, I can't remember anything about it. Is he good in it? I can't remember anything about it. <laughs> I, uh, I forget he's in it. That weekend that this story went out, Attack the Block, oh, yeah. featuring one Jodie Whittaker. Oh yeah, who's she? What's she going to do? I don't know. I, 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 she might have been in Doctor Who at some point. Uh, debuted at number three. Right. Uh, also this year, Green Lantern. Oh, is that Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, Transformers: <laughs> Dark of the Moon. Right, and I can't remember any of those films. They'll blend into one. The In Betweeners movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. That is good fun and uh, very Moffaty. The Adventures of Tim... in between us. <laughs> Lots of... Lots of clunge. Clunge. Uh, <laughs> and The Adventures of Tintin, The Secret of the Unicorn. I've still not seen that. Which was attached to. Yeah. And then got the Doctor Who job and went, this is too much for me. Sorry, I'm going to have to, you know, pull yeah. out of this. And then was like, right, I'm all in for Doctor Who. What's that, Mark? You want to do an adaptation of Sherlock? Let's do that too then as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that won't at all affect the quality of the scripts that I'm writing uh, for the dear. main show I was hired for. Yeah. Um, so going into this, yeah. what were your... I mean, it's funny, isn't it, really? Because this is the series. You know, the series is split. Mm. I mean, I don't know how public this is, but I mean, it, was, it. it, was, it was heavily rumoured at the time that things weren't going well because he was juggling too many plates and so Doctor Who He's had to get... juggling a bit more than that. Oh, yeah, and that. But, you know, and so Doctor Who had to be split in two yeah. because they couldn't get stuff done on time. Yeah. And it seems... And for Series 7, fucking hell. I mean, Series 7 is a whole other beast as well. Yeah. But it, it, when you read about the production of this story, and I think it, this maybe has a bit of a knock-on effect when we eventually come to talk about Nightmare in Silver because yeah. Nightmare in Silver is notably shit. Neil, <laughs> yeah, no, and that, but it's notably Neil Gaiman's last script for Doctor yeah. Who. And you think, really, realistically, there's no reason why it should have been his last script. No. But there are echoes of script rewrites yeah. and issues with the production yeah. that are maybe starting here that actually get exacerbated by the time we get to series seven, yeah. that he went, I can't, I can't work on I, something that's unstable as this. I would love to see the like early drafts mm. that Neil Gaiman wrote before things got tweaked. Of and, this story. Of this story. And well, I, well, especially mm. Nightmare and Silver. Mm. I mean, I, from what I understand, Nightmare and Silver mm. ended with a whole... It's a two-parter. It was a two-parter. There was Invasion Cybermen in it. Yeah. And then at the end, there's like a whole meeting of all different old Cybermen. And there's like a Tenth Planet one in like a throne or something. That sounds a bit like this story that we're going to talk about because I didn't really appreciate the levels of 
okay, he's a Doctor Who fan. Oh, it's fan wankery, left, right, and centre, isn't it? This but one. when when it's like we're going to build a Tardis console. Yes, and it's like. And I- at the time, I probably didn't appreciate how no. exciting that was, but it sounds really exciting, and, yeah. and we'll get onto it. But I think that's um, kind I, of I, the the TARDIS stuff is the best part of the story. Yeah, I think anyone would write this, and say, if anyone else was to write it, they'd just say, "We're going to build a TARDIS." But when he said console, that does make you think, "Okay, he's a nerd." It's beautiful. Um, it makes you also wonder what came first, Susanna Lee's TARDIS console design. Right, yeah. As a junkyard TARDIS. Yeah. Or the idea of building a TARDIS in the junkyard, and then they just said, which one looks like it's been put together <laughs> with bits and bobs the most? Yeah. And they went for that one. Yeah. I mean, it was good enough to get a playset. Do you Do you think she got any residuals from that? I doubt it. That's a bit fucked up. It's on the, on the box of the toy in, like, tiny writing somewhere. It says, but Michael, designed by... Michael so- Pickwode would have got the majority of the money for that, for designing it, <laughs> actually in a three-dimensional yeah. sense, but that's actually her original concept. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't well, know. we'll ask Al to come back on the podcast and find out. I'll message him, shall I? So I was How much of a percentage? Oh, did, uh, <laughs> message her now, uh, message him now, and we'll see what he comes back with by the end of the episode. So, um, right from the off, we've got something quite major that happens in this story. This story establishes, for the first time, that Time Lords can change gender through regeneration yes. through the Corsair. When we watched it, I said to Annie, I was like, is this the first time that this is really properly mentioned? Mm-hmm. I remember at the time being fecking fuming. <laughs> I remember having an argument with somebody on Facebook who I went to school with yeah. about the idea of Time Lords changing gender. Yeah. And I remember trying to argue that the Corsair was like a freak... <laughs> uh, event you know like oh well it's never mentioned that any other Time Lord has done it before yeah. obviously forgetting that Romana exists uh, uh, but she doesn't change her gender she just changes but her race surely she goes silver <laughs> she goes silver and, and turns into a weird fish yeah. latex suit thing but, but surely by this logic there is a male Romana out there I would imagine so Yeah, is the lottery that the gender you're born in as a Time Lord is generally the favoured one that your regeneration genetics sort of yeah. would reset to, which would explain why Flavia and Romana and yeah. etc. And and the thing is, like Flavia and Romana are very, they sound very, they're very gendered names. I would argue. Do you, you think? I think Romana. Romana is a kind of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> So what are you telling me, Billy, that really in one of her regenerations she's to just 12 inches wide thin crust? Made of, made of dough and cheese, yeah. yeah. There, there we go. Um, and I think as, as well... Tom would have loved it. He wanted a talking cabbage as a companion. Talking pizza. Here you are, Tom. He would have been chuffed to have any inanimate object. Yeah. Tom would have been happy if it was called the Tom Baker Doctor Who Show. <laughs> Let me travel through space and time on my own. Um, so that and we'd have bloody loved it. That's it. Yeah, that's interesting. And then you have the cube thing that happens from the, like, from the off. Yeah, yeah, uh, which eventually spins off into its own thing. And we'll talk about whether or not Paul McGann is in this episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Later I, on. I kept thinking that throughout the whole there thing. There you go. Like, oh. um, but <coughs> I think from the off, the fantasy element in this story is pretty. Obvious, and I know that the, the certainly series five 
is like, oh, this is the kind of fantasy... Fairy tale. Fairy Doctor tale Who, Doctor yeah. Who, that's it. Uh, but I think that Neil Gaiman shows he's evidently writing the story. Yeah. Even from like the set design yeah. and the patchwork people, and yeah. it's clearly in the text that this yeah. is the way that things should look and feel. And you've got that pre-credit sequence with uh, auntie and uncle yeah. and Idris. And it looks like, okay, if I was to take a stab in the dark, I would guess Neil Gaiman is somehow involved in this. Yeah, it feels very sort of storybook. That's the, the, the yeah, that's the the look, I, I guess. Mm. Um, the aesthetic and the, the music as well has got that sort of twinkly sort of fantasy. It's almost Burton-esque. It is very Burton-esque. It is. I mean, even the fact that they've made, what's her name, uh, who plays Idris? Saran Jones. Saran Jones is basically, we couldn't afford Helena Bonham Carter to play the TARDIS. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, no disrespect on Saran Jones at all, but that is the way she's it's being the, made it, to look, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, the big hair and, yeah. Um, we'll talk about Idris in a minute because it exacerbates all of my worst hatreds towards this era of the yes. programme and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Uh, only, only at the start, I have to say. Okay. I think yeah, she gets she, better. She, yeah, she settles into it. And I think that's intentional, mm. but, you know, first impressions and everything. So this bubble universe and all that stuff with the explanation with Matt and uh, with Amy and Rory and that's all good know, fun isn't so it so it's like a bubble in the bath but there's a bubble on the outside yes, yes. well no, no it's nothing like that, like that. that but, all, yeah. all that stuff is so lovely yeah and I will I'll say it here and I think I will say it for future Matt Smith stories that we do he is the best part of this story I think yeah I, I think. think Matt Smith always delivers yeah Matt Smith never has a face on him like I am struggling to sell yeah. what I'm what is being put in front and of me. And he goes through a lot as well, you know. A hell he's, of a lot. He's, he's a roller coaster of emotions, mm. you know. I mean, he's bawling his eyes out by the end, which I'd forgotten. Mm. And I was like, wow, I mm. didn't realise that this story impacts your character that much. It doesn't stick with him though. No. But and I think that's probably why I was I was sort of surprised and I was a bit like, I don't really believe that this is gonna that you should be reacting quite as heavily as you are. Because, because by next week, everyone's forgotten that this story has happened. Right, that's, that's interesting. Because I actually, well, and we'll get to it, I guess, a bit more at the end. But I actually teared up at the end. Oh. And I, I think it's because the dialogue in that scene is so good. And yeah. Matt Smith and Saran Jones are really good in that moment as well. But also I think that to have, as you're saying, a moment as impactful as the Doctor finally speaking to the TARDIS, mm. to have that sort of immediately forgotten by the next episode does sort of cheapen that moment because, yeah. it, because it only happens right at the end. Yeah. And then the fact that it's never brought up again and the Doctor never kind of... But, uh, but then also you have that coda at the end where he says... You know, can you hear me? Yeah. And then the the, uh, the, the handbrake, you know, kind of yeah, yeah. Boost, yeah. And that's lovely. Yeah. But it but it kind of feels like it would be nice every now and again to have the, the, the Doctor always talks to the TARDIS, yeah. but it's never it's never acknowledged that the Doctor is talking to the TARDIS to try and speak <clears throat> to Idris again. No. The Doctor always just talks to the TARDIS like they always talk to the TARDIS. I think maybe in later stories. Possibly even in like Capaldi era, 
the doctor will talk to the TARDIS and it will make a boom and he'll say, oh, shut up, you know, and he'll talk to it as if it is responding to yeah. him. And I wonder if that is an echo maybe, of that maybe, idea. But, but it, but I mean, I, or is he just a mad bastard who just talks to his car? I think it's that. Yeah. I think it's more that. I don't think, because otherwise they would maybe make more of a reference to that story having happened. Because it seems like a tentpole in the Doctor's life. And it's played for that in that last scene. Yeah. The Doctor finally gets to have a conversation. And uh, specifically the line that made me go, <laughs> was the bit where she's like, uh, I just wanted to say hello. Oh, yeah. Because she's been so addled through the whole story. Yeah. That she doesn't actually get to say that. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning and so finally it's like okay I've actually come to my senses and I've absorbed this I've, you know I'm able to process all this stuff so I can actually now communicate with you as the TARDIS yeah uh, with with you know with that character that we expect and even that bit we get we'll get to it later maybe I guess um, but I always liked it when you called me old girl yeah and all that stuff yeah that stuff is really really yeah. really lovely yeah um I mean, we've skipped ahead massively there. But we have, it's but almost like we've already covered all the best, the best stuff yeah. in this story. Uh, what about sexy? Yeah, nah. No, nah. Never, never landed with me. I, only if she acknowledges, since you've become very chinny, you've started calling me sexy. Yeah. Or since circa 2005, <laughs> you've started calling me sexy. Because can you imagine, I think it, oh, you're very sexy. Yeah. Or... Oh, you're very sexy. <laughs> you can't really imagine any other doctor. No. Especially not having a wank over the console. You know no. what I mean? It's just like it's too. It's too yeah. much. Yeah. But it's that. It's that Joss Whedon-y, Moffat-y dialogue. Yeah. And that is the problem that, that I have with the story. Um, uh, that is, yeah, exactly my my critique as well. That. I mean, I love. Uh, I mean, obviously, she is. She's so moffaty, you know. She's a woman, and so immediately, I want to fuck the closest male to me. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's all that thing. I mean, I, I, I think all of the stuff with her getting the, the tenses wrong and, you know, the conversation flowing in the correct order mm. because she's having a conversation from the future, that is great. That is so clever. It makes sense. She's a yeah. TARDIS. Brilliant. But, I mean... I paused it while we were watching this and said, right, this is literally a line that Stephen Moffat has nicked from one of his own shows. What was that? The line when she... Biting. Yeah. It's like kissing, but only there's a winner. He uses it in Jekyll. Jekyll. And I can't remember what is, is sex. It's like something else, but only mm. there's a winner. And it's just like, ugh. Ugh. It's just, it's just, it just annoys me. I mean, I'm sure for like... A lot of the audience, that would have gone completely over their heads. But for me, it's just like... Ugh. That stuff at the start, before she faints for the first time yeah. in front of the Doctor, and a little bit of the conversation when she's on her own in the cell, yeah. where she's doing all that, oh, and then I talk over here, and then the camera angle yeah, changes yeah. And she's over here. That is like, I am... I'm hating this. Yeah. Um, but I think also the problem is... They've told Saran Jones to play the Doctor. Yeah. And they've told Saran Jones... But then, but then also, you could argue, it works because it's Saran Jones playing like a post-regenerative trauma mm. Doctor. Yeah. And I kind of understand it from that perspective. But then, because she's a woman, they do the kissing... Yeah. And the biting... Yeah. And that stuff. 
and immediately watching it that makes me view that character in a completely different way yeah um which is disappointing yeah um but yeah i think just the fact that it happened so early on kind of troubles me and i also think like thinking about it now i was thinking who else could you have got to play that part and it probably would have worked for the better my initial thought was miriam margulies would have made an amazing TARDIS. Yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't need, oh, I've, I've got a bloody corset on with my tits up to here. And uh, I, mean, I mean, there are so many shots yeah. looking down her top, yeah. especially when she's communicating with Rory. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, I've, just, I've missed every part of the dialogue that she's just spoken. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and watch that bit again. Thank God my dad was too focused on his phone. I mean, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was trying yeah. to look over the I'll top of his phone. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you just do that? Rewind that bit again, Bill. I missed that bit of dialogue. Um, yeah. Sorry, Ed, because you'll be watching this. <laughs> he will be. He'll probably in bed with mum. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's too it's too much. And if you did miss it, then you can, you can back. go back. It's on BBC iPlayer. There you go. Um, uh, twenty three minutes and thirty two seconds. <laughs> um, it's too much. It's, yeah. Uh, but, but but then, is it? Uh, it's but it, is it indicative of that period of time of telly? It, oh, I don't know if it's necessarily indicative of that time of telly. It's certainly indicative of. Stephen Moffat's time on telly. But were people? Do you think people were saying what, fucking horny? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I know. I, I'm totally with you. But do you think people were saying this is this? I mean, this is too much. Did it pass the 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 be, 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 bechamel test? The, 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 the bechamel the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, it. Uh, uh, I think for certain people, yeah, it definitely was an issue. Um, but I think for most people, they just went... Pff. Do you think it's more of an issue now? I think probably looking back on it, it's probably more problematic. Um, yeah, I think so. Mm. I don't think you'd do it today. It's like more that. unsolicited kissing as well, which yeah. Stephen seems really keen on. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't do... Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that. Like, you wouldn't do that in the reverse. You wouldn't have the Doctor be a woman and the TARDIS be a man and the man suddenly... Come here, love! Snob Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. Uh, of course not, no. no. So it's, uh, yeah. Um, talking of unsolicited snogging, what did you think of Amy and Rory in this story? Um, I mean, they get pushed off to the side to do their own thing. Now, I love all the stuff in the TARDIS yes. with House. House is great. House is a great villain. Uh, Michael Sheen mm-hmm. does a really good job. Um, it's a shame there's not more to him. Uh, which I think is the problem with all of these 45-minute mm. stories, is that the, the villains in a lot of these I was stories just about to say never that. get the space to breathe. And, and he doesn't have space to breathe, because that, yeah. that scene where they get back from the Tenant TARDIS into the Matt Smith TARDIS, yeah. it is just like someone's got a soundboard of Michael Sheen clips, yeah. and they're just playing them back, back, one yeah. after the other. He doesn't breathe, yeah. uh, you know, which is why when you get that line which was in the trailer that everybody thought was Gabriel Wolf. Yeah, yeah. Fear me, I've killed hundreds of the Time Lords. Fear yeah. me, I've killed all of them, or whatever yeah. it was. Um, that doesn't quite land the same way because he's just, you know, they're trying to squeeze as much dialogue into that scene as possible. Yeah. And it definitely feels like it's not being paced in the room with the actors performing against Michael Sheen's voice. Yeah. It definitely feels like 
uh, it's been surgically Cutting. made to work. Yeah. You know? Um, so I love him, but yeah, he, he could have had more space, I think. Mm. Uh, but I think all of that stuff in the TARDIS with him tormenting Amy and Rory, really scary, chilling stuff. I remember at the time thinking, wow, this is so at odds with all the wanky stuff we've had at the beginning of like, oh, I'm the TARDIS. Mm. And then you've got this, which is like really dark. Die, Amy. Die, yeah. It's like, wow. When do you ever see that kind of language or yeah. that kind of emotive, you know, phrasing used against a character in Doctor Who? I mean, you don't. Hate Amy, die, Amy. Yeah, that sort of stuff. you know, and like that, the, the dishevelled foaming at the mouth image of Rory banging his head against the wall. It just looks like fucking Ringo Starr. (laughs) That nose is something else. And also, if you notice, his arms and his hands are not made up in the same way his face is. Oh, really? So it it just looks like he's got a Halloween mask on, tucked into his shirt, and the rest of his hands and his arms. Like every Doctor Who fan film ever made. (laughs) I mean, it does look like every Doctor Who fan Uh, costume ever made in a fan film. And then, you know, Amy crying over the... You know, the remains, you the, know, the I actual mean, corpse. And you think, that stinks. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not like a skeleton. Yeah. There's bits of sinew and muscle caca. and shit. Yeah, there's, <laughs> bit, there's bits of face cacao all over him. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I had to laugh when it panned over and, and his, like, I don't know what it was that made me laugh, but him propped up against the thing and his torso kind of looks normal and then his jeans are like totally flat against the floor. <laughs> really made me laugh. I don't know why. Um, a nice line of dialogue between Rory and Amy, I thought. Uh, Rory, he'll be fine. He's a Time Lord. Amy, oh, yeah. it's just the name. It doesn't mean he actually knows what he's doing, yeah. which I thought was That's really good. lovely. That's good. Um, do we think Paul McGann is in this story? No. Great. But that was such a big thing, wasn't it, at the time? Everyone was sure that they heard his voice. It sounds like Paul It does Paul sound McGann. very similar. It does sound very similar to I'm Paul here, McGann. he says. I'm here. <laughs> there we go. That sounds even better. <laughs> um, I mean, I will say that, that the Time Lord stuff in this story is really well handled. Mm. Because this is the first time, really, since the end of time yeah. that we've had any real sort of Time Lord stuff. And they, and they chuck that name around a lot. Yeah. And you think, so it's got to build up to something. Yeah. And then the re- reveal of what it is yeah. is really good. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't feel like a cop-out. It doesn't feel like you're expecting the Doctor to open these doors and there's 12 people in ridiculous fucking, you know, neck pieces yeah. stood there going, ah, Doctor, it's been a while. Um, when but he... we would have fucking loved it if there was. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when he opens the thing and it's more of those distress boxes yeah. and you go, oh, and shit. And you can feel the weight of his disappointment. Yeah. And but also the realisation, this is a trap. Yeah. And the way he immediately turns on Aunt, Aunt yeah. Uncle and is like, so... How, how many of other Time Lords have you done this to? Yeah. But then also, even though it's not explicitly said in that moment, you think, so ti- other Time Lords have been brought here, so where are all the TARDISes? Yeah. And then, okay, so the TARDIS is now in trouble. And that's yeah. when House surrounds the TARDIS yeah. and infects the TARDIS. Yeah. So that, also, that stuff looks great. They really shot good. really nicely. I don't know where they shot that. Uh, Did they go a to a quarry in a lay-by in fucking Cardiff? Probably. <laughs> um, uh, I think that Matt Smith's TARDIS looks much better with House's lighting than it does with yeah. the regular lighting. It's funny, I, I sort of always forget that that TARDIS exists. Yeah, same. It's, it's just like, oh yeah, this this existed for a time. That, um, the rotor 
in the, the middle. It's Bristol, isn't it? Bristol blue glass. Yeah. But or Bristol Bristol white glass for that moment in time. Was it? Well, it's white in it because it's. Oh right, it's transparent. I see. Oh sorry, okay, yeah, sorry, um, that went over my head. And and that was a Tardis. Uh, that was a, that was a console playset as well. That was a console playset as well. But it yeah. wasn't motorized. It didn't have any no, because this was th- that was when I think the writing was on the wall that budgets and stuff were starting to change mm. and that things were starting to cost a lot more to do mm. because you know there was no motorized parts, no lights, no sounds, nothing, no. Um, which was a real shame. Yeah, but it's still a fun playset. Yeah, yeah, you got like, it. I've got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he's got it. Of course I've got it. Um, speaking of that moment when the doctor turns on uncle and auntie. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm Ood. Ood. Oh, yeah, there's an Ood in it. There's an Ood in Nephew. it. Nephew. Yeah, he looks great. Uh, cool, with the green eyes, actually. Uh, he looks very scary in a lot of shots. Scarier with the green eyes. Yeah. I mean, that bit with Amy yeah. tickling his tentacles. Yeah. And then, yeah, that, that yeah. bit's really good. Um, but that moment when he turns on, when the doctor turns on auntie and uncle... Again, it's one of these moments where I go, when the doctor has this self-aggrandizing moment where he's like, you gave me hope and took it away. That's enough to make anyone angry. God knows what it'll do to me. It's like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, I know. It's like, shut up. What are you going to do? Yeah. Like, are you going to grab the nearest blunt object and brain the pair of them? Probably not. And then there's another one where he says, I don't know what to do. That's a new feeling. No, it's not a new feeling. You're in your 11th regeneration. We've had fucking 50 years of this bollocks. You, yeah, you do, you've had moments where you didn't know what the fuck was happening. There are two moments in this where... Oh, it annoys me. He, right at the start, he goes, but that's impossible. And then within about two or three minutes, obviously Neil Gaiman's gone, word search. Have I used impossible already? No. And so he goes, that's not possible. <laughs> um... Which, again, is another one of those sort of things from this era where nothing's ever happened before. Yeah. And I guess for the, for the audience in the moment, you've got to make them believe that because that's where the drama and the tension lies. Yeah. But also, I don't know, maybe that's just us, be, you know, splitting hairs. Is it? Uh, no, I don't... No, not, I, I don't think it's for that particular no. Matt Smithy moment where he's going, you know, I'm going to fucking have the pair of you. <laughs> it's like, no, you're not. Shut up, posh boy. You're not going to do anything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think sometimes the, I don't know. I just don't like that self-aggrandizing doctor. Mm. Um, And I I don't think this is necessarily just a Stephen Moffat issue. I think this is a modern Doctor Who Mm. issue that sometimes the doctors, I mean, obviously the doctors up his own arse, but up his own arse, their own arse in the worst possible way, you know, I don't mind the Doctor being a bit of a big head, mm. but walking around like they're fucking God, that gets on my tits. But yeah, but, well... At least Sylvester McCoy had the, the decency to keep it under his hat. But that, but, but that was what made him interesting. Yeah. But when they start suddenly... When you start wearing it on your sleeve, yeah, then like you're like... The, the tenant, wavy hair, yeah. Time Lord Victorious. Time Lord. Yeah. Well, who gives a fuck? Yeah. No, that, that's what I want to see. I want to see... So I want to see the doctor say that to possibly a companion and then say, can you give a that shit? That literally means nothing to no. me. No. Okay. What do you want? Round of applause? Yeah. Get on your bike. Uh, you quiffy-eared cock. <laughs> of, the, <laughs> of the dialogue in this, though, I will say there are a couple of really nice bits. Uh, obviously, we mentioned uh, some of the conversations with the TARDIS. Mm. The argument over pull to open 
Oh yeah. But I've always pushed. Yeah. But the police box doors were only ever meant to open outwards. I thought that was really, really great. Yeah. Um, it's up there with the whole window thing, isn't it? I the mean, windows yeah. are the wrong size. I mean, yeah. that is just like, you know, Clayton, what else can we have an argument about with this prop? Yeah. Well, the fact that the doors never open out. Great. Thank you very yeah. much. I'll write that in. And the pillars are proper corners. And that being as well. Rounded. And it should be made of concrete. Blah, uh, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Clayton went, do you want the list? <laughs> I've got a I've got a list of people involved yeah. me. Um, Where do I start? It's lovely also seeing obviously the, the, the Doctor and the Tardis conversing finally but all the stuff about uh, you always bring home strays yeah. I think is a really nice line and that yeah. seemed to uh, go sort of beyond this episode that yeah. was always a phrase that was used yeah. to describe companions yeah. and also um, you know I didn't get you where you wanted to go but I got you where you needed to go yeah. and that obviously comes back in the final scene yeah. and that I think has stayed a part of the TARDIS mythology. Oh yeah, and has always been something where you think, okay, so it's not where they've wanted to end up traveling to, yeah. but they always turn up right at the moment of yeah. a, a revolution on a planet where yeah, the Doctor yeah. can actually make an impact here. Yeah, and so you think, okay, so it isn't just coincidence. That yeah, the it's nice that they address that autonomy and, here. Yeah, which was really nice. Yeah, and and I think. For, for that moment, this is a nice story to have. Exactly. I was just going to say the same thing, that in those moments, that is when the story lands. You know, you, the daft, dopey stuff, take it or leave it. But for those nice moments, yeah, it really works. And you were talking about other good lines. The what, the line about him saying, oh, um, uh, fear me, I've killed all of them. That's a great line yeah. for the Doctor. You obviously doesn't have this, quite the same impact now, post the day of the doctor sure um and also the fact that he was maybe convinced earlier in the story that they're all still alive yeah and so he's like okay well no i am on my own so yeah but yeah, yeah uh, totally yeah. um house messing with the tardis corridors we obviously mentioned before and the yeah. raw aging stuff is really really good they missed a trick not using a classic tardis well i have something about that oh here we go so um neil gaiman wanted to use a classic series console room. I'm sure he did. But budgets prevented it from happening. Yeah. So the, if only this had come a few years later well, when they'd done uh, Adventure in Space and Time. Exactly. So the Eccleston Tenant TARDIS was brought out of storage for that reason. Uh, and then basically immediately went into situ at the Doctor Who experience. Yeah. Now this was this went out May, I think it was, 2020, 2011. Yeah. Uh, and the Doctor Who experience opened in March 2011. Did you go when it was at the Olympia? I did, yeah. Do you remember anything about it at the Olympia? Do you remember? <sighs> because for me, watching this... I didn't get that sense of nostalgia that I probably would get from maybe a series five story like The Eleventh Hour, because yeah. that was obviously like a really big thing at the time, or from an RTD story yeah. like um, uh, The Christmas Invasion. But when, I think it's called Madman with a Box, the da 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 Oh yeah, da, da, that nice piece of music. I could take or leave the rest of Murray's score for this story, to be honest. It all seemed to just sort of blur into one. Yeah. But when that tune yeah. played, I was immediately like, sent back in time that ratatouille moment where <laughs> yeah. he eats the ratatouille for the first time and then goes back to being a child i was like i am in the doctor who experience yeah. at the olympia i went on the opening day did you i wow. was part of the first group of the public to wow. go in there the press screening or the press uh version of it earlier that day yeah i saw 
I think it was Charlie Turnbull. Oh, Charlie, Charlie State. Oh, one of the guys who used to... Uh, he's the guy that's not around anymore, I think. He passed away that used to present BBC Breakfast. Oh, yeah. Bill yeah, Turnbull. So yeah, it was Charlie yeah. State, I think it was. And he came out with his kids. Oh. And they'd obviously gone in and done it. And also, Charlie is so cool-like. And the yeah. other person from the, the one who got done for being a nonce who was in that <laughs> truck band... Oh, oh, fucking Troc. Yeah, Troc was a thing at the time. Troc was a thing. Troc was, if you went on iTunes and typed in Troc, I mean, probably only one band came up, but Troc was a genre. A fucking genre of cringe. Genre of, I can't believe what I'm listening to at the moment. Yeah. Oh. Terrible. What was that? Chameleon Circuit. That was it. That was the name of the band. But the, one who, the one who got done for being a diddler. Right. Uh, a diddly dumb. A diddly dumb, diddly dumb. Came out as well mm. and I was like oh look they, they were I mean they were big on YouTube at the time so right. I was like oh look it's them uh, but I remember going in for the first screening and we sat down in front of this big arch this big thing and it was like oh that's an interesting room that's behind in the dark that's over there that's really <laughs> cool and then somebody came in and went uh, sorry everybody we've actually spoiled the next room you're supposed to go into and they hadn't reset the doors because if you remember at the start yeah the crack appears in yeah. the wall and then it splits open and so we saw the beast below room oh immediately what a shame. afterwards and it was like oh this is a bit of a crap start of things so everybody else had a great experience yeah. but the first public group that went in now didn't. remind me yes when it was max smith era they didn't have the cringy Time Lord actors, did they? No. Yeah. No, there weren't any actors in it at all. No. Um, Which was better. So you went from the crack in time. Yeah. Then you went into the Beast Below. Then the TARDIS arrived, you went into the Matt Smith console room. Yeah. Then you went into the Dalek room. Yeah. And then I can't remember... Was it Weeping Angels then? I don't even know if the Weeping Angels were there yeah, at that they, point. Yeah, they were. Were they at the they, start? They, they were definitely there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then it would have been Weeping Angels after that. And then... That like, never, people always go on about how scary that was. That never really yeah, landed for me. Because it's I not like, quite London Dungeons, is it? It's not like you've got actors involved in yeah, that Yeah, they space. should have had some people yeah. come out and get you. I think if you're, if you're six or seven... Well, when I went on the last... Mm. One of the last days, on the Cyberman Day... Um, the Cyberman Day? Yeah, because you know they, they did they did theme days at no, the end. No, I don't remember that. Oh at yeah, all. they did theme days at the end, and they did. I think there was a Dalek day and a Cyberman day, and we weren't gonna go. And then I think for some reason that we were just like, oh, should we yeah, just, just do it, just do it, go on this before they shut down. Um, we went. Um, I think it might have been something like I took a day off, like from work, just mm. like out of the blue. I thought, oh, go on, I'll just take the day off. So we went down and... I remember you, I remember you going. And actually. it was... I don't think we even... We didn't even know it was the Cyberman like, yeah. Day. Yeah. We just turned up and it was like, oh shit, there's Cybermen all over the place. This is cool. And we obviously you have to do... I mean, I always found the actual experience part. Take it or leave it, really. Really? I mean, the first time... You do it the first time and you're like, this is good. Yeah. I think, and then like, I the next went three up... or four times, yeah. you're just sort of like, all right, I just want to see all the costumes and, yeah. and you know... Look at the 80s console. Go and eat in the Blue Box Cafe or whatever it was called. Oh, yeah. Uh, fucking extortionate <laughs> cafe. Um, and there was a little kid when the lights went out 
And obviously, this was at the point where you had the actor mm. leading you through, which always got my tits. I was just like, let's get on with it. Sure. Because um, <laughs> I have no patience for that sort of thing. No. And uh, a little kid, I think it was a little girl, yeah. said, when the lights went out in the blink room or the angel room, can we skip this part? Oh, brilliant. And the, the poor actress didn't know what to do and went, um... Oh, maybe you should just hold on extra tight to your mummy and daddy. That's that's what I would have said. Yeah. Or you can piss yourself where you stand. It's up to you, little girl. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Um, I just, I'd have gone down and said, "Sorry, kid, but if you look behind you, your mum and dad have already walked <laughs> <laughs> off back into the past. They're, they're, they're gone. They're yeah. gone. They're dead." Um, yeah. So because I remember, so it, then it went to, it went from the Olympia to the purpose-built place in Cardiff. Yep. And then I think I went to the Matt Smith one when it went there once. And I think I did the Capaldi one twice. Yeah, maybe. I think I did the Capaldi one a couple of times. Because uh, when we went for Mission Dalek. Yeah. So I must have done, I did the Capaldi one thri- three times. Did, but I can't, were we led through the Capaldi one from the start or did we just go straight into the museum? Do you know, I can't remember. I can't remember if we... Because uh, it, it felt like we'd had the whole day at BBC Studios in the TARDIS we set. Spent an, we spent an hour in the TARDIS. And it, we got there about midday. Yeah. So I guess it was still open, but I don't remember going through the experience. No. And I remember we spent ages mm. just looking around the, in the, museum. the museum bit, yeah. um, which was great. Uh, it was a shame, really. I do think it was a shame on that day they didn't say, do you want to look at some of the other mm. sets? Because mm. they were filming stuff. Um, yeah, I guess they couldn't trust anybody not to leak stuff because yeah. they don't let people. Oh, on it was the only set the husbands anyway. of River Song. Who gives a fuck? The only thing about I would that. have leaked would have been don't fucking wash it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Doctor Who experience was because you know again it was just through watching this I I, it, I just had a flashback to the Doctor Who experience yeah. and it was I found my program the other day. Did you? Yeah, the 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 Matt Smith era one. Like the the, the long leak thing is mm. held up in the yeah. 80s as being like the Woodstock of Doctor Who. Yeah. And I think in that era, obviously you had Doctor Who Live. There were efforts to kind of do big events. Yeah, I wish I'd have seen that. It was I, good fun. Because yeah. I remember when it happened and my uncle said, oh, shall we go? I'll take you. And I guess what year would that have been? 2000? I think it was 2011, 2010, yeah. Yeah, so I would have been, oh, I don't know, <coughs> 18? Yeah. Or something. So you were probably and I as was far like, away from wanting to do that as possible. And I was like, no, I was like, it's for little kids. Um, but I then was, I, saw, I saw some clips the other day of it on yeah. YouTube or something. And I thought, I wish I hadn't been such a fucking the best, the best, <laughs> The best parts are when the bosomy vampire girls came through and threatened everybody. Oh, see, that at, was great. at 18, 19 years old, I'd have been... You'd be well chucked out. But yeah, that's good fun. And, but the Doctor Who experience <laughs> was a proper, like, a, everybody went there. Yeah. And everybody went multiple times. Yeah, and yeah, everybody yeah. has a good memory of going to the experience. Yeah. And there were Doctor Who fans that worked there. Yeah. And it was brilliant. And they always added new things to it. And they always yeah. updated people with, like, hey, we're getting a Morbius thing in, or we're getting yeah, Zygons yeah, in, yeah. or whatever it was. Oh, it was always good for that stuff. Though. Always good. And then the shop was, up. you know, extortionate. But the, yeah. the, the shop had decent stuff in it uh, it was good because when we went on the last <coughs> that last day everything was on sale oh, I bet. Yeah, so I got like a Rory for like a fiver yeah. who I'd never bought I'd never got any of the Rory's and mm. I'm like oh, it's a fiver go on I'll get him mm. um, 
and then I got the Levazzi. I got this brolly for like. That was from. Uh, yeah, I got the Levazzi from yeah, the. Yeah, and I got it for like half price. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's good. And that's I got the only the, thing the, I ever wanted Bessie. in there. I wanted that, and I wanted. I wanted that that license plate as well. Oh, really? They didn't yeah. have it in there when I went in. Oh. Gutted. They had the flatline TARDIS as well, didn't they? The, in the in the in set. The yeah, in the yeah, shop they did. Good. They did, yeah. and they had loads of. They had a, couple, a big finish section and they had yeah. like classic series DVDs across one side yeah. as well. And the Speaking of classic series DVDs, did you see the St. David's Day Bad Wolf video? What? No, what's that? So uh, when it was St. David's Day the other day. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes, I did. And did you notice that when in the office they yes. had a whole shelf with all of Doctor Who on it? I mean, if I was running Doctor Who, I would have that room. Yeah. And it would be like, hey, look. If anybody fancies just checking stuff out and just like yeah. going up to the thing and you think, oh, I wonder what that's about. Yeah. You could be a grip. You could, I mean, I'd hope the script editor has taken a couple of those out and had a look at them. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we know Scott. Doesn't you, need to. You, you watch a shit ton of it anyway. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you want to grab it, just yeah. grab it. And, but that was, a, that was cool to see that they yeah. just had, I mean, that's Russell's collection, I'd imagine, that he's brought from home. Do you think... Oh, yeah. See, if I was showrunner, I wouldn't let my precious things be touched. <laughs> That's how you got the job. Crew. <laughs> um, Don't touch my precious things. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think, I, I mean, do we have anything else? That Okay, a couple of other bits and bobs, I yeah. think maybe to cover. We've done the crying bit. I just want to say hello. That last scene at the end, I think I've mentioned this before, but I love Matt Smith when he is an 11-year-old boy. Actually, oh, yeah. Are 11-year-old boys... Horny no. by that point? No, they're all right, aren't they? But when, when anything kind of vaguely sexual or awkward happens to him, yeah. and he becomes sort of a bit like, oh, no, I don't yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like when Idris kisses him for the yeah. first time. But then the big bit is at the end, uh, you the know, beds. the bunk beds. Yeah, it's, it's a great. bed with a ladder. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like, yeah. because every other kid who doesn't quite get the conversation that Amy and Rory are whispering off camera yeah. are like, we, yeah, he's well, right. yeah, I mean, why why wouldn't you want to have bunk beds? Yeah. So that's really lovely. That's yeah. really sweet. And then you realise what they get up to on the on TARDIS. Bunk beds. Probably immediately after that story, because they both go off together, and he said, go off and find your console room. And that's where fucking River Song comes from. Yeah. So I that's imagine the, River Song night. is conceived while Matt is dancing around the console yeah. at the end of uh, The Doctor's Wife. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and that, that's all I have left to talk about the story. I mean, to be fair, you know, they're they're two young people. They've got bunk beds. They're, they'll make it work. They're two young people. You're not 48 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, so, the TARDIS is a big place. There's plenty of other places to bonk. populate. <laughs> I mean, I've... I. Uh, this is going to blow some people's minds. This is going to be like a fucking sending you back in time sort of moment. A teaspoon and an open mind... Do you remember that? No. Good. Okay. What? That was the fan fiction Doctor Who website. Oh, right. Are you, I... What? There was smut, was there? Apparently. Someone told me. Oh, right. Um, Neil Gaiman asked Stephen Moffat if he could write an episode over dinner. Right. Um, the title is obviously attributed to a fake title. From the 80s, isn't it? But it was attached to the Caves of Androzani. Ah. And it was J&T trying to uh, smoke out a rat from the production office that was right. leaking stuff. Um, but it was called, up to six weeks before this episode went out, it was called Bigger on the Inside. 
Do you prefer that to the doctor's you wife? Because the, the doctor's wife, where does that yeah. happen in the story, you know? Yeah, that, it's a weird title. Mm. It's like, I think that's Stephen Moffat, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. That's him winking a nudge to the audience. Yeah, and I guess they'd already done The Doctor's Daughter. And yeah. I guess when you say, as soon as you release a title, The Doctor's Wife, fandom is up in arms. <laughs> Doctor can't be married. That sounds like Nixon in Futurama. Boss Nass from But you know, but then you, and then you, uh, you know, you see the title in the title sequence. Yeah. And then from that point on, why is this called The Doctor's, the Doctor's Wife? Wife? Yeah. You know. My wife. My wife. Um, Speaking of the title sequence. You're my wife, Dan. You're, you're my wife now. Uh, uh, speaking of title sequences, <laughs> Dan, uh, what do you think of this one? I like. Do you? I, I think it's the most uninspired one. Mm. It's just clouds. Okay, but. Okay, okay so I, I will. I will agree with you that it does it basically does the tenant title sequence blue to red oh no it do, no does it backwards no it does blue to red yeah like the tenant title sequence yeah. and then the tardis but i don't know i like the lightning bolts because it feels like that looks more like what a journey in the tardis looks like from the outside right then the other title sequences have looked in the past i think okay the tumultuous buffeting mm cause you know from the lightning effects i think mm. looks quite good right um i love that thing you always get when they add a third member of the cast to a title sequence <laughs> yeah. where you know they've obviously we haven't accounted for this we haven't accounted for a third name <laughs> yeah. to be animated so everybody else's name looks shit animated by comparison yeah um uh when the logo appeared on screen that was to me another one of those. This doesn't work. Doctor DW who? Yeah, because yeah. the DW was so much bigger. Yeah. And it, but but it doesn't look like that on anything else. No. It's only in the title sequence where uh, the logo looks wrong. I think even on DWM it looked better. Yeah. I think what they should have done, rather than having it as Doctor DW who, which was just stupid, they should have had Doctor Who. And then the letters should have collapsed in. And then span. Then it turned into the TARDIS. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Why aren't you hiring us? I know. Because uh, of most of the stuff we've said in the yeah. rest of this episode, I imagine. Uh, this was originally intended to be the 11th episode of Series 5. Interesting. But it was okay. bumped to Series 6 because of budget issues. The script was revised many times by Gaiman, originally writing it with David Tennant in mind as the Doctor. Wow. Because... And yeah, because he was Doctor Who, wasn't he, for Steve Moffat? For... And that I, I watched Tenant's leaving thing the other day, when they let all the poppers off for him on his poppers, uh, when they let <laughs> all the <laughs> they let all the Streamers. you know confetti off for him on the last day. Yeah, and he goes, "Okay, I will stay another year." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "I bet there were some people going, fucking, yeah. we've been having contract negotiations with you for fucking weeks about this. Don't joke about that." Yeah. Um, yeah, but loads of characters and events in the story were removed because mm. the production weren't entirely happy they would be able to pull it off. I do, just going back to the David Tennant in series five thing, that if, if they went into that series with Stephen and Stephen was like, okay, mm. we know from the off this is going to be your last series mm. just as you're, you know, you're going to be the bridge yeah. into this new era. 
I do love that idea of the the Doctor crash lands, goes back into the TARDIS and dies, but then a but then an earlier version of the Tenth Doctor turns up and then meets Amy and then is that and then what? and and then it goes through to the end yeah and then, and then, he, comes, and then he regenerates, regenerates. To the end yeah oh, that's a really good idea that would have been freaking cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I guess you can see echoes of that, obviously, remaining in Series 5, if that was the idea. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I can't imagine Series 5 Any without Matt Smith. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Uh, I feel like they're kind of vanilla warm-up stories for the 11th Doctor. Mm rather than a continuation of the 10th Doctor's arc, because it feels like he's been through so much yeah. previously. It feels like a very, it feels like a breath of fresh air. So he would have probably, he must have said, I will just do these specials and then go. Yeah. Because that whole special, the, the, the special year in 2009, yeah. is just him yeah. basically saying goodbye for an extended period. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Gaiman, he basically became sick of the rewrites and Moffat came in and did bits yeah i guess the bits that we've gone ooh, you know that feels very moffaty quite probably that, there's a reason for that uh and, and like even in the lead up to filming i found that they were having to adjust locations and stuff oh really in yeah. the kind of lead up to things which, which it doesn't really come across necessarily no um and yeah that's i mean that's all i've got really i think we've covered the doctor's wife pretty yeah. You know, pretty well. Uh, overall, what would you sort of give it? We just, just want to bring up what uh, the Rodders at home thought. It's interesting because when it aired, I hated it. Yeah. I just hated it. I just hated the whole idea of it. And then when I rewatched it, when I did my big marathon, I didn't mind it so much. And then when I rewatched it to do this, I still didn't mind it. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I did the previous time. I think it's fine. I think it is very much a product of that period. Yes. And unfortunately, that whole era of stories, even if you get a good story, it's going to be bogged down by the same problems Mard. of yeah. shitty dialogue. You know, mm. not in the sort of... It's funny, isn't it? Because we complain about the dialogue in the Chibnall era about being too... Comic booky. Yeah, and too obvious and just like too literal. And then with this... It's just, it's just too general. sexy. It's just too sexy. It's just horny. Yeah. It's just too horny. Mm. I mean, it is. It really is. I mean, crikey. It's what? a wonder that his desk didn't fucking flip over while he yeah. was writing stuff, um, honestly. Well, it probably did. It was, he was probably typing like that on <laughs> <laughs> an angle. Um, yeah. If I, he had a hand free. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't see, I don't get the love for it mm. quite as much as it, gets yeah. because I know it's one of those stories that's held in really incredibly high regard. high regard so I mean honestly this would go on my overrated list yeah. for sure yeah. and I think watching it this time this is probably only the third time I've seen it in all mm. honesty because I don't think I really rewatched that era I think it's probably the same for me um, uh, what did you think about the next time trailer for the Rebel Flesh at the end as well oh yeah Fine. I mean, I didn't mind the Rebel Flesh, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Rebel Flesh. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's fine. I it's, find... it's it's a fine. It's it's a okay. Fine, uh, Rob. Just scrolling through this, it's, it's interesting looking at all this stuff. Everybody is basically saying House is sort of the best part. Yes. The con, you know, the whole concept. The, anything to do with the TARDIS, like console being built and House and the scary stuff. 
I love all of that. And I wish that more time had been spent on messing with Amy and Rory mm. and, you know, exploring the TARDIS more. Because they don't really explore the or TARDIS. Or if the Doctor was part of that. Uh, or if the Doctor was part of that. You, know, you don't get to see much of the TARDIS. You see a corridor. Mm. And I don't really like the corridor, to be honest. I it doesn't feel like a part of the TARDIS. There was a, there was a TARDIS swimming pool scene that was supposed to happen. It was there, apparently. yeah. Um, Pharrell Reed 04 says, solid 7 out of 10. House is a good villain. Wasted Michael Sheen. Yeah. Great concepts. And Idris is irritating. Mm -hmm. Uh, Patrice is the cool guy. A gorgeous atmospheric story with some of the most heart the show has ever expressed on screen. Uh, uh, Moon Man Unit 42 just says, Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> um, uh, James, uh, it was half fun, silly, half absolutely terrifying and sometimes you just need silly, scary episodes. I can sort of see where they come yeah. from there. Lewis Gibble, haven't watched it since first broadcast. Great idea. Mixed delivery, I'd say. I mean, that is from first broadcast, so that's been what? 13 years since wow. you last watched that story. Gosh. Um, Give it a rewatch. Kits lost the plot. Love it. Love letter to Doctor Who. Well written. Uh, love Auntie and Uncle. I agree. Yeah, they're really I good. I think Auntie and Uncle are great. Yeah. Do you think Auntie is West Country or is she put, putting that on? Uh, not sure. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's, she's pretty in, good. She's, she was in Rogue One, I think. She is. I've just realised. She's the pregnant woman that sits next to Tim in the office. Yes, yes, and she And complains is. about yeah. her feet and all I that I think she's stuff. got a West Country accent in that, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, so I think she's something be, like that. Yeah, so she's probably from down round this part of the, our neck of the part, woods. Part of the woods. Uh, Ollie James X, overrated, unfortunately. It's yeah. just never clicked with me. Mm. Uh, Daniel uh, Alsop, uh, okay, the Idris stuff, really great, but the house stuff is awesome. Uh, Bradley, overrated, delves too much into the fantasy, fantasy genre, plus Idris's character is very grating. Uh, and finally, Doctor Who nerd, love the Doctor's interaction with Idris and the TARDIS. Nice to hear the rift mentioned outside RTD's yeah, era. it's true. True, that it's is true. mentioned, isn't it? And, and I, I'll be honest, in those last scenes in the console rooms, I was watching it and I thought, there's something that feels quite classic Doctor Who about this, mm. about a story that is... It's quite Edge of Destruction and Cast Revolver. It's all set in the console room and you've got yeah. a lot of that TARDIS acting of like, oh, I could turn the, the gravity down. And yeah. then it's all that, yeah, and all yeah. that sort of acting. I was yeah. like, this, this feels like and an also old the Doctor fact Who. That two of the companions have been left in the TARDIS to do fuck, fuck all, all. Yeah. for like the whole story while yeah. the Doctor goes off and does the most interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, classic TARDIS sound effects on the yeah. uh, Junkyard TARDIS, only yeah. heard once. Yeah. But the Junkyard TARDIS and the walls, yeah. the Doctor's pulling, and I was like, I mean, I want to see where all of those other, what all those other TARDISes look, look like. like. Yeah, because yeah. it looks better than your fucking TARDIS, mate. I'll yeah, say that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Is it because I was watching it? I was like, it's a shame those roundels aren't like proper D Doctor Who roundels. Sure. Right. I mean, obviously they but, just went. But oh, I like yeah, the fact that it's like. It, it, it does look like those, yeah. but it's obviously yeah. from another kind of TARDIS. Like, yeah. um, and I, I also really like the effect around yeah. the TARDIS because it kind of feels like this is like a a botched together dematerialization. Yeah, I like that. Kind yeah, of and there's, I mean, it's it's interesting really the, the amount of references that just get tossed aside mm. because he says, "Oh, I've rebuilt the TARDIS hundreds of times," or yeah. whatever he says, and you think, "Oh, yeah, John Pertwee era," you know pulling the console out of the TARDIS shell. Putting it in and, a shed. Yeah. yeah. You know, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And, and also the stuff about, I've got 30 versions of this TARDIS locked in my archive, yeah. but they're from future versions of the TARDIS as well. Yeah. Which is, which is quite neat. It'd be yeah. nice to count canonically how many we are 
we're, yeah, up where to are we now? And yeah. how many more that Idris has got saved in the noggin? Yeah, and even stuff like I think they said at one point the doctor says, "Go on." What was that? A bit of hair. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the doctor says at one point, "Oh, if you jettison some of the rooms, you'll get more thrust." Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's a callback to Cast Revolver. Yeah. Obviously, Neil Gaiman loves his Christopher H. Bidmead. It would be lovely. I, 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 it is a very Chris Bidmead story. Yeah. With, you know the love of the time. There we are. That's that. a collection set extra. Uh, Neil yeah, Gaiman Neil Gaiman sits down with Chris, Chris Bidmead and talk about the TARDIS. Fucking crack on, bloody hell! Yeah. You know, like when we were doing the Doctor Who documentary for Channel Five, it was like, who have we got left to speak to? <laughs> yeah. Chris Bidmead. He's, a, he's like the last <laughs> surviving fucking script editor for wow. Doctor Who. Him and Eric Saywood. Him and, and Eric Saywood are the, are the... They are the three script editors for Doctor Who that oh, are still alive that is crazy. in the classic series. I mean, wow. uh, you know, um, I think that Andrew's got... Andrew's all right for a bit. Oh, yeah, he's all right. Well, I've got your business card, Andrew. We'll... Uh... I had a curry with him. You did have a curry yeah, with him. I had a curry with Andrew. Yeah, I, I, and I was like, hey, uh, that script doctor book's pretty good. Have you got a copy with you? He's like, no, no, but, you know, send me an email. Oh, I haven't done it yet. No. I, sh I should do. You should do. Send me, I'll send you an email and it'll be addressed in New Zealand. So if you can just <laughs> sort say, of pay, no. pay the customs, <laughs> yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> um, there we go. The yeah. doctor's wife. Mm. Uh, what a monolithic story to have got through, I have to say. It feels yeah. like quite a weighty episode of the show to have sort of gone through but we did it uh, and this actually took the place of um the five doctors it did yeah in our original run yeah um and so i can tell you i thought you we just all... hadn't talked about a new series story for a while it feels like new we should series. have 13 years ago new series is not new series it's, it's old. scary isn't it oh it, it's it's this is old old hat don't <laughs> aging aging as i sit here yeah. there's bits of hair falling off of his yeah. face um yeah. next time we're going to talk about the most underrated episodes of Doctor Who. Matt, it would be great if we knew what we'd just spoken about, <laughs> but unfortunately we don't know what's going to come up. It's not like we've just recorded that before we did this one. We um, fucked in, I don't, I can remember language, English, Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. I mean, by the, you know, by this point, I, I'm not even in this country that this is being <laughs> uploaded from. I'm not here. It's a menagerie. I'll start fucking fading away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you very much for watching, everybody. Hope you enjoyed, don't hate us too much, and we will see you in the next episode of The Review of Death. Ta-ra! Bye -bye.